0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Women in Engineering, success stories from STEM professionals, science, technology, engineering, math. In this episode, I will be talking with Peyton Gibson, a civil engineer and economist with more than seven years experience in the architectural engineering construction industries about her journey and experiences in the field of engineering with a particular focus on her career transitions as she moved to Netherlands remote work experiences, as well as cross-cultural communication challenges, as well as how she maintains work-life, I don't call it balance, but work-life integration, while redefining success as a woman in engineer. My name is Tiffany Tichy, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an internationally recognized author of children's books, including What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z, as well as STEM Crew Adventure series. I also host the Read It Write radio show on WDRB Media. I'm the owner of Thrive Edge Publishing, as well as owner and publishing consultant of Inspired Authors Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, Here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, PS&S. PS&S is an award-winning one-stop shop of architecture and engineering excellence. The depth and breadth of their expertise has helped PS&S grow into a firm offering multi-discipline, full-service architecture, engineering, design, environmental, and surveying consulting services. They offer a single source for planning, design, regulatory compliance services on diverse projects across several market segments, including education, energy, utilities, hospitality, entertainment, infrastructure, public improvement, real estate, and science technology. Having proudly served a sophisticated client base operating in numerous industries, they know the importance of developing on-time, cost-effective, and high-quality solutions to the most difficult challenges. For more information, visit PS and s.com. That's psn Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today, I have with me Peyton Gibson. Peyton, welcome to the Women in Engineering podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me here.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about your background and journey in the engineering field and how you ended up where you are today?
1: Yeah, so um, I grew up in a military family across the US. So we moved around a lot as a kid. Um, I finally ended up in Colorado at the Colorado School of Mines to do my degree in civil engineering. Um, From there, I I made a couple of rounds through some jobs that were pretty typical um, engineering and land development and structural engineering with the government. Um, From there, I kind of started to diverge a little bit from the traditional civil engineering path, um, going towards infrastructure policy in DC. So that was really exciting and very different work from what I think the typical civil engineer does. Um, From there, I moved to the Netherlands um, and I've been here for two years now. I came here originally to get a degree in economics actually. um, And I stayed to work with Autodesk, which is a a make and design company. we create technology for, for people across the media and entertainment industries, uh, manufacturing, design, and the architecture, engineering, construction industries to, to make and design a better world. Um, so that's where I am today. It's been quite a journey so far. Um, yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. Now, you've made a significant move to the Netherlands in 2021 as a Fulbright Scholar. What prompted this move? And how has the experience of living and working abroad influenced your perspective on engineering and your career?
1: Yeah, so I was living and working in D.C. in infrastructure policy, and um, I came into D.C. as a civil engineer with, you know, a pretty... Um, robust engineering backgrounds. I was working with a lot of um, a col- economists and and policy analysts and um, policy professionals, folks who had worked in the political circuit for all their life. And I I felt like you know I had kind of the technical background in engineering, but was missing kind of the the economics piece of it to to really. Um, Work in infrastructure policy, you know, the best that I could. Um, So I was looking at different programs and I found this one here in the Netherlands. Um, I ended up in a a very specific economics program called spatial economics. So I was focusing kind of on urban and transportation economics and how our built environment affects, you know, communities and how we live and how we're able to, you know, make money, have jobs, um, be around our family and friends. So I found that really interesting. It was the only program. Um, that I found that I could, uh, you know, do that, and um, so you know, and moving here, I've seen so much. You know, Europe is is about the same size as the U.S., so I've been able to travel quite a bit and see a lot of different infrastructure and how different countries handle infrastructure and the infrastructure policy. And and specifically in the Netherlands, it's just it operates so uh, so differently than it does in the U.S. So it's been really interesting to to take a look at all those differences.
0: Wow, I love it. And the whole abroad part is is amazing. I mean, I love traveling. So the fact that you get to do the traveling as well as do your work as well is amazing. So I love that you took it on that, that experience and journey. And so talk to me, remote. Let's talk about fully remote. <laughs> <laughs> working fully remote is becoming more common, but it can still be challenges. Could you share your experiences of working remotely as a young professional in a new city and country especially within a large company like Autodesk.
1: Yeah, I think working remote for me has kind of been a double-edged sword. It allows a lot of flexibility, right? You can one day I'll work from home and then some days I'll go into our co-working space. Um, you know, it means I travel probably a little bit more for my job than some others do. Um but at the same time, you know, I was new to Amsterdam, still new to the city, um, kind of came here alone. So sometimes it can be pretty lonely, you know, working from home. And, um, you know, some folks, it's it's a huge blessing because they have kids at home. And, and I don't don't I don't have significant responsibilities at home. So sometimes I just kind of want to get out of the house. Um, and I do miss that that in person interaction sometimes that you have at the the office that you know you're a, a young professional moving to a new city um, and some maybe sometimes you meet friends that way um, but yeah at the same time there is the flexibility of it Autodesk has really embraced the hybrid um, flexible remote working uh, model so it's been really good to have their support in terms of you know setting up my home office um, my boss and my team are really understanding of my situation um, and there's all sorts of programs that we have that we can connect with our coworkers workers online um, so that's been really really great and most of the company does work pretty remotely for the most part at least the colleagues that I'm working with so um, you know when you have everyone kind of in that same position we all do make efforts to come go see each other a few times a year you know whether it's you know the official like team meeting or making sure that if um, I'm in London on a work trip my coworkers come into the office to see me Um, there's that kind of support
0: yes that's that's the key to have that still that connection human connection is always key when you're talking about the whole remote and that part of it so it's cool that you still get a little taste of it throughout so talk to me Um, as far as you know, your career journey has taken you through various roles. You speak to it um, from engineering to infrastructure, policy, and tech. Could you talk about what drove these career shifts and how each experience contributed to your current role at Autodesk?
1: Yeah, I think when I went to college, when you were majoring in civil engineering, when I was there, um, you kind of had a menu of job options put in front of you there was maybe like three or four and it was kind of like that's what you go do and so that's what I went did Um, and then I got out into the world and I realized oh that's not what I want to do I think Um, and you know in school I loved my classmates I loved my teachers I loved the school I was at but I remember just never really feeling super passionate about my my super super technical the structural engineering courses like a lot of my my um, peers were, you know, they, they were like, oh, I, I want to go get a master's in structural engineering. And I never really had that click. So I remember one day just being like, OK, if I don't want to do this technical side of engineering, I still loved civil engineering. For some reason, I loved the industry. I love, you know, working with the built environment and being able to influence that, um, you know, what else can I do? And I just kind of started writing down random words that popped into my head that I thought like could make a fun or interesting career Um, and you know making a shift is really difficult going from like technical engineering to policy is I felt like it was a pretty big leap Um, you, you know but I think once you get into it especially if you can figure out how to transfer your skills that you haven't won I think you know there's a lot of people looking for something a little bit different um and i think every time i was hired into you know when i was hired into policy they were looking for an engineer because they were getting a lot of people who were strictly policy they wanted someone who was thinking a little more outside of the box and um you know when i got hired into tech i you know told them i was like i can't code you know <laughs> like and they were like that's fine like we want you because of your experience in the build environment and you know this um economics background also gives you like a really interesting view. Um, And it's just all about how you can fit into the organization and what you bring to them. So um, yeah, don't be scared of making a, a step or at least exploring what your options could be if you're interested in something that you weren't, you know, trained in.
0: Yeah. And that's a good segue. I was going to ask, you know, many engineers follow traditional career just like you said. Uh, so traditionally, you know, transitioning to the different roles with the industry, you know, that you've done can be daunting. But what advice, and you maybe gave tip to us as far as that, but what advice would you give to engineers considering similar career shifts or transitions?
1: Yeah, I think the first part is just to kind of talk to people who are doing what you might like to do and understand you know how is it possible for me to get from where I am to there Um, or um, even taking a few courses if you're interested in going into the tech world maybe you can pitch a taking a class and you know product management to your to your manager Um, just kind of dipping your toes in where you can and and exploring because I think um, people are willing to take risks on folks that are a little outside of the box, just to stir things up a little bit.
0: I think that's key. Some great advice. I love it, Peyton. So talk to us. Cross-cultural communication is a vital skill, especially in today's globalized world. I mean, you going abroad is an example. Can you share some of the challenges and rewards you've experienced when it comes to cross-cultural communication, both in your personal life and in your engineering work?
1: Yeah. So um, I moved here and I, like I said, I've moved probably over 20 times in my entire life so far, just because of being a military brat and, um, you know, moving a few times after university to DC and I was in Minneapolis and Denver for a bit. So, I mean, across the US, we have some pretty big cultural gaps just in terms of i mean you said you're from the south so the south has a very different culture from up north right um so i thought that maybe i would be used to being this social cultural chameleon um turns out things are very different here <laughs> um you know, and Amsterdam is quite a global city as well. So you have a little bit of everything. There's a lot of Italians here. There's a lot of Germans here. You know, I have Chinese friends. Um, I have Brazilian friends, French friends. And um, even though that their kind Some of their countries are a little closer together. They're all quite different as well. Um, So, uh, yeah, I remember talking to some of my British colleagues and like naively and ignorantly thinking like, oh, they're an English speaking country. So they like they work and they act the same as us. And um, I could not be more wrong in some ways. They have a very different sense of humor if you've ever watched two different versions of The Office. Um, so even making friends I think at first when I first moved here I would like just you know sometimes my jokes wouldn't land and I'd be like oh no like I'm not funny here like um, and just like you know getting to the deeper connections is just like making friendships was different here Um, everything from yeah school and dating and life in general how you move throughout the world is just Um, a whole different world. When it comes to working though, I've been in this um, unique position where I'm working on a lot of global teams as an American in the Netherlands, Um, but I'm working with Americans who are working out of the U.S. since we're an American company and we work a lot with a lot of like large engineering global companies as well. Um, So I'm kind of sitting in this very strange place where I'm liaising with a lot of Americans in the U.S., Um, But I'm sitting in the U or I'm sitting in the Netherlands. So um, I'm liaising with a lot of Europeans and Brits. Um, So I'm kind of looked at as an outsider by Americans, but also as an outsider by the Europeans. Um, But at times I'm also the bridge for communication from the Americans to Europe since I've been here for a few years and kind of understand the different ways of working, which um, there are very different ways of working for every single country that I've um, worked with here. I mean, the Nordics, um, just as an example, are are well known for like wanting to work very collaboratively. Everyone kind of has to agree on everything when you're in a meeting, no matter where you are in the hierarchy. Um, and the Dutch uh, are very known for being quite direct. Um, uh, So, you know, sometimes you got to go in with it with thick skin um, and be able to take what they say at a surface level instead of taking it personally. So um, yeah, just being mindful of who's in the room and where they're coming from when you step into that room.
0: Wow, I love it. I mean, that's, that's key. You got to know who you're talking to, who you're communicating with. And the fact that you're saying that's what you learned and to learn the different methods of how to work together as a team is important. So I love that you was able to share that, you know, cross-cultural side of things. Now let's talk about, you know, involvement in activities outside of work from triathlon to learning Dutch. (laughs) How do you find and the word balance, I re- really like to say work-life integration <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, between your professional and your personal um, pursuits. And do you believe this, this portion of it, as far as the integration part, has played a role in your success as an engineer?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think now in my career i'm starting to take a step back and kind of prioritize what's important to me especially outside of work making sure that you don't burn out is really important back in the us i was super involved with the american society of civil engineers and i totally credit that for kind of where i am today um my work with them in the policy sphere was you know crucial to me getting uh, my job in dc um i've always been super active outside of work and and making sure that I can find things to do. And I mean, being involved in the triathlon club here and going to Dutch courses were also like essential to me finding friends in this new city. Um, Some of my closest friends are the ones that, you know, I go for bike rides with um, in the mornings and on the weekends. Um, And yeah, like once you're learning a language with a bunch of people and being vulnerable and and saying weird words from a funny language, uh, you know, you start to bond with them. Um, I think some of these um you know, whether it's you know learning piano or writing or dance classes too, I think a lot of these creative outlets really help and 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 you know, building a more well-rounded character so that you can bring these different um, perspectives to to your work life as well. Um, and then in terms of like athletics and whatnot, you can always find a community within your work as well, especially when it comes to things like running. I know some of us within, uh, my division and all of us want to like get together somewhere to do a half marathon so um, it's been really helpful in, in bonding especially when you're working remote you can kind of at least have those little chats over coffee over shared interests.
0: That's <laughs> amazing amazing I love it well-rounded basically is what you, you're saying about yourself and I love how you was able to get in a, you know a new territory grow and utilize you know and meet other people in the process. I love how you shared that. So let's, you know, go into finalizing with what advice would you give to aspiring women engineers for navigating the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead in their careers?
1: Yeah, I think there is just so much opportunity in the STEM field, especially for women. There's Um, super exciting stuff going on within, you know, I'm working kind of in the tech industry. So I'm really excited on how that ties into my civil engineering background as well. Um, I think, you know, we are still trying to grow the presence of women in STEM, right? So like, I'm one of few women I work with, um, which can be really hard at times. Um, And, you know, Autodesk has this pretty large uh, Autodesk Women's Network, um, which I find helpful that they are out there supporting, um, you know, this cause. But for me, it's been really important to find um, women role models within my own team or within who's kind of working on the same things that I am and interacting with the same people that I am, because, um, you know, it's been really important to have someone on the same time zone. One (laughs) Sometimes, you know, folks are in another time zone, um, and that can be difficult. But just so that they kind of understand exactly what you're going through um, has been really, really helpful to me. So finding a mentor in your space that you can just kind of, you know, bent about, oh, I was the only woman in that meeting again. Like that was a little frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my my one piece of advice is finding some sort of mentor.
0: Yeah, that's a good advice. I love it. Uh, Mentoring is key. That will help as far as, like you said, someone helping, guiding, you, giving some advice, because it is a journey being, you know, only woman in the room in some of the places as far as representing for engineering. So kudos to all that you're doing and all that you're continuing to do and bring the awareness of it. And so lastly, how can people get in touch with you? Talk to us. How How can people get more from you and get in touch with you?
1: Um, I think you can contact me on LinkedIn. I'm usually pretty, I check that pretty often. My, just my full name, Peyton Gibson, uh, put in Amsterdam for a location. I'm also on Instagram, Peyton Jane Gibson. Uh, and I have a website as well, PeytonJaneGibson.com. It has some of my portfolio stuff. And if you want to get in touch, I think you can there as well so happy to help anyone looking to plan a trip to Amsterdam or if you have questions about the tech and getting into tech or getting into um, stem policy would love to connect
0: love it thank you so much Peyton for being a great guest um, and sharing your your gems and tips to definitely get more um, women in engineering or those women in engineering currently in it so thank you for all that you've been able to do today and sharing
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss our upcoming episodes featuring interviews with inspiring women engineers, discussions about industry trends, and much more. Go to WomenInEngineeringPodcast.com, where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women whose stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineer a better future.